Welcome to the Fierce Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Hayley Maxwell, brand clarity and messaging coach, copywriter, ferocious ice cream eater and leopard print lover. If you're ready to harness the incredible brand building power of words so you can become memorable, meaningful and the only real choice for your dream clients, this is the podcast for you. Let's get started. Well, hello, my friend, and welcome to the Fierce Impact Podcast. How are you doing? I hope that you're well, and I just want to thank you so much for being here, for listening in. I truly appreciate you investing your time in listening, and I always, always hope that you get a lot out of the episodes that I share with you. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Now, Today I am talking with the lovely Mel Daniels, who is a content strategist, coach and speaker, all about building your soulful sales funnel. And Mel's approach to sales funnels really aligns with my beliefs about the way that I want to show up in my business and the way that I want to nurture relationships and build connections. And it really comes down to just being respectful and focusing on the human first. And and this is really the theme behind the conversation that we have today. And Mel really drops so many useful gems of wisdom in this episode. So I know it's going to be a great episode to listen into. We talk about all things like giving yourself permission to ditch the bro and go with your own flow when building your sales funnel, creating the perfect lead magnet and striving to build an aligned email list rather than a big one, mapping out your sales funnel the easy way and figuring out what to say to nurture your new email friends and keeping your tech simple and then promoting your new resource, not keeping it a secret because it's something that people shy away from. We go through all this effort to create beautiful resources, highly valuable resources for our audience, and then we shy away from promoting it. So I want to jump in and let me introduce Mel to you. As I mentioned just a minute ago, Mel is a content strategist, coach and speaker who loves to understand why. And she is a girl after my own heart because I also have to understand why to the point that it actually drives my husband slightly crazy. (laughs) And so even past her toddler years, she always asked why. She wanted to understand why things worked like they did, why people acted a certain way, and why she was the only one who loved peanut butter and sultana sandwiches. Hmm, not so sure about that. (laughs) Her curiosity has led her on an interesting life journey from academic achiever to corporate leader, mum extraordinaire, and now business owner. Mel's purpose is to teach and empower women who want more from their business on how to use content in a powerful way. She gives them the confidence they need to become more visible, be seen as the expert that they are, and be inspired to take their business to the next level. 
when she's not talking about content and client journeys, you will find Mel cheering on her clients from the sidelines. Her other favourite hangouts are the kitchen and gym. And luckily, her love of deadlifting counteracts the amount of baking she consumes. Well, kind of, is what she says. So with all that, let's jump in and hear from Mel. Well, welcome to the Fierce Impact Podcast, Mel. How are you doing? I am so excited to be here, Hayley, um, to be with you, to have a chat about Soulful Sales Funnels today. And just the fact that you are such an experienced and knowledgeable and such a beautiful person, um, I'm really, really honoured to be here. So thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. And thank you for, you know, the compliments. I think that's brownie (laughs) points straight off the mark. So yay. (laughs) But yeah, no, I'm super excited to talk to you today about soulful sales funnels, because Mm -hmm. um, it just really aligns with the approach that I like to take towards business. And that's doing things in a really respectful, aligned way and doing things in a way that um, really feels good to you. So not necessarily following the trends or the things that, you know, we're told that we have to do. It's just really carving out our own path. And so I'm excited to dig into, you know, what it what it all means and, and how we can go about creating that soulful sales funnel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd love to just um, find out a little bit more about your own business journey and sort of how you got to, to where you are today. Oh, okay, cool. So I started in business six years ago and I started as a virtual assistant and I kind of call myself an accidental entrepreneur because I never had any role models in my life in terms of business owners. I never knew what it took to be a business owner or an entrepreneur. So I kind of fell into it because I knew that after having children, I didn't want to go back to the corporate space. And that's not because I didn't love it because, oh my goodness, I loved my corporate career. I loved it so much. I loved the people. I loved the culture. I loved the traveling to to work. I loved all of those things. But obviously when you have children and um, a family comes along, your your priorities change. I mean, it's it's that simple. Um, so I really felt like I didn't want to go back to that corporate space. So it was kind of like, well, what do I do with myself now? And at the time, I was really lucky that a friend of mine who is a solo um, entrepreneur in terms of being a, a lawyer asked if I could help her out because she was going through a really busy period. So I went and helped her a couple of days a week for a little while. And then I thought to myself, this is something that I can see a lot of women out there needing. And that's that help, that assistance, just getting through the the busy periods of their business. So that's when I decided that I would start as a virtual assistant. And from there, I really started to focus in on content. I could see how content was such a huge part of so many women's business businesses, and they just didn't have the time to actually create it, schedule it, publish it. Um, so I really started to focus in on, on in on that. And that's when I changed to becoming a content strategist and coach. And I've really helped women become more strategic and purposeful and powerful with their content so that they can go out and convert um, their ideal clients. That's amazing. I didn't realize that you'd started off your journey as sort of a virtual assistant and sort of um, specialized and specialized and sort of, you know, carved out, you, you know, to where you are now. So it's, yeah. yeah, I love, I love hearing about people's journeys and because they're, they're not, 
they're not always just these linear journeys, are they? You know, particularly in entrepreneur land, it's kind of this sort of up and down and, and all around. And yeah, we can find ourselves in some unexpected places sometimes. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that as long as we're open to that as well Mm. and realize that it isn't necessarily where you start, isn't necessarily where you're going to end up um, and just, yeah, being open to the opportunities as they come along, then this entrepreneurial journey can be just so amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And so we're obviously going to dig into soulful sales funnels. So I always like to start with kind of a definition um, as a starting point. So what what do you regard, you know, a soulful sales funnel as? Mm, the total opposite as, as a uh, traditional sales funnel to, to what everyone expects. Right. <laughs> so really it's um, moving away from that really transaction numbers-based sales funnel Um, and content marketing to one that's really built on relationships. So we're thinking about that human on the end of every piece of content that we create, Mm -hmm. including every little step inside of our sales funnels. And when we do that, we really experience so much more personal and business growth. And I know that a lot of people think of sales funnels as being really hard and heavy, And there is a reason for that. And it's because you are not doing the sales funnel um, aligned with yourself. So it just feels really hard and you feel that resistance because um, you're not really focusing on what you're truly good at. And that is building relationships. And that's what it should Mm. really be about. And that's what the crux of a soulful sales funnel is. It's really creating something that is not only um, aligned with yourself, but really speaks to the human that you're trying to communicate with. Yeah. And so what are some of those um, from a traditional sales funnel perspective? What are some Mm. of those things that you think people really struggle with when it comes to kind of setting up that that sales funnel and and in terms of that makes them sort of think, oh, this just isn't right for for me? There's so many, there's so many different um, answers to this question, Hayley. And I think that one of the main things is that people just don't necessarily know where to start. They're told, you know, these are the the exact steps that you need to follow with a sales funnel. You need to create a lead magnet. You need to um, do automated emails and they have to go out every day. Sometimes they have to go out twice a day. It's being told all of those things um, that just don't feel or sit right with you. And I think that, you know, even just talking about this, if, if someone's listening and they think to themselves, yeah, you know what, that really does not feel right for me to be emailing my new subscriber every single day or twice a day, then please just don't do it. Don't do it. I really think that, you know, not just our content, not just sales funnel, but this whole business journey is really about doing what feels good for us. Mm -hmm. Because when we do what feels good for us, then we bring that energy. And when we bring that energy, our ideal client can really feel, feel that. And that's, you know, what attracts them to us as well. So it's about, you know, not knowing where to start. It's about being told um, to do these things that you don't really feel like it fits with you. It's about um, it feeling complicated Mm. because sometimes with sales funnels, um, you know, we're taught to you have to do a automated email and then you have to sell a low cost um, product or service. And then you do five other emails and then you have to try and push this other thing onto them. And I feel like that when we go down that path, when we go down the path of um, a formula or doing something 
someone else's way, then it just yep. it just feels really wrong. It feels wrong and your ideal client will pick up on that as well. So that's probably some of the things that I think that people yep. struggle with when it comes to a traditional sales funnel. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with those. And I think that I think one of the biggest problems that people have is that we feel like, you know, we're being told by some of the online gurus, perhaps that this is the way it's got to be. And I think that we get stuck in that mindset of thinking, well, if they're doing it, if this is the way that they're saying it needs to be, and this is the success that they've got, then this is the formula that I need to follow. Mm. And it's really hard to then step away from that and kind of break out of that mold because I think many people are then worried that if they don't do it that particular way, that they're not going to have, you know, the success that they want want to have. And so I think it's it's there is a mindset piece in that that sort of work and stepping away from you know doing what other people say that you should be doing mm-hmm. and then stepping into something that actually feels right for you and trusting in yourself to just give it a go would you agree oh yes 100% i agree you know the fomo is real it really yeah. is real and even for someone like myself i probably about two years ago, fell into that whole, you must do sales and content marketing this way, otherwise you won't have the success. Um, Mm. And I used someone else's swipe files for emails. And as I was using them, I was like, this just doesn't sound like me. This isn't the type of things that I would actually say. This is not how my ideal client would like me to talk to them. And so after I'd gone through about five of those emails, Haley, I just went, well, I got, I've got to stop. But I did yeah. get caught up in that, oh my goodness, if I don't use these exact words that someone yeah. else has given me, I will not succeed. I will not be able to build a business that I want to build. So it's definitely real, that pull to do things someone else um, way is definitely there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I liked also about what you were talking about, about the kind of the simplification, because sales funnels can become incredibly complicated beasts. Um, but I think there's something really beautiful about having just a really simple funnel that just, yeah, is is truly aligned to kind of your goals and also the tr- clients that you're trying to, to reach. I mean, let's face it, we're all busy business owners. And I think we'd all like to have less, you know, one, one less as the receiver to read, to work through, but also as the business owner, um, managing our own sales funnels and all the moving parts that we think we've got to add to it yeah. adds um, a huge amount of sort of stress onto our plate thinking well I've got to get that in place before I can get this next bit in place before I can do this piece you know and it it feels never-ending sometimes doesn't it it does and the perfectionism comes out in us and therefore the procrastination comes out of us and then Mm. you know we don't actually put our sales funnel together so I think that you hit the nail on the head when you said simplicity is the key and especially if you're just first starting out as well yes in years to come, you can build these amazing complex um, funnels that, you know, take people down different pathways. 
But just for right now, know that a soulful sales funnel is all about delivering content to your ideal client that they need to hear right now, that they want to hear from you right now. And when you put that together in a very simple and very easy way, it can be just as effective when it comes from your heart and it's not coming from your head or someone else's email swipe file. You can really... um, you know, connect with your ideal client and start to take them on that client journey with you. So yeah, simplicity, especially when you're starting out, is definitely the key. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. So let's let's dig into it. So if you are helping someone to to build their soulful sales funnel, mm-hmm. so what is the kind of first place that someone would would start out, I guess? Mm. The first place is I'm going to give you permission. I'm going to be, give you permission to ditch the bro, <laughs> the bro marketing yeah. and go with the flow. Because when someone gives you permission that you know that you don't have to do something a certain way, then it's just going to make it so much easier for you. But I really want to say that, you know, all of our entrepreneurial life, we've actually been taught, you know, this is the way that you put a sales funnel together. You, you know, this is the formula. This is the swipe file. Now go and plug in the missing bits and pieces and you'll be able to make the sales. But I really get so, so frustrated with this approach because I don't know whether people realize this, but sales funnels really have such a low conversion rate. It's really quite Mm. low. You know, it's typically Mm. around, you know, average, average 2% for those higher ticket um, products and services that we sell. And to put that into perspective, Hayley, that's a hundred new people, a hundred new people that we need to get onto our list, our email list to get just two sales. And I think that that is beyond a lot of people's um, comprehension and abilities as well to get a hundred new people onto their list on a regular basis. Um, And when you're first starting out, that's organically as well. It's not necessarily paid. Mm. So to consistently have to bring in that many people, you need to use tactics that are not necessarily aligned with who you are. So if we give the bro marketing the middle finger... (laughs) Really, instead, think think of a sales funnel from a different perspective. Let's not call it a sales funnel or think of it as a sales funnel, but let's think of it like as a nurture funnel or really Mm. the opportunity to build relationships with people. It's a totally different approach, right? So if you're coming from a sales funnel to try and sell something as opposed to a sales funnel to nurture or build relationship. It's totally different. It's 100% different. So Mm. when we're kind of looking at planting that seed and using the email email automations within our sales funnel to really broaden our reach and to introduce our entire content ecosystem to our subscribers as well, because, you know, the more touch points that we have with them, the more that we can talk to them in different ways, the more that we can nurture them and get them to that point of conversion quicker. So there's lots of different ways or different angles you can come to your sales funnel from. But if we just kind of forget about doing the bro marketing tactics and really go with the flow and think about what's right for you, then I think that um, that's really going to change the way you act in your sales funnel and it's going to impact the outcome of your sales funnel as well. So that's kind of my first step and to give you permission, ditch it, give it the middle finger. I love, no, I really love that. And I think there are a couple of things there that I picked up on. And, and one is around 
the the language that we use, um, mm-hmm. particularly around um, some of the the sales funnels. You know, we we call them funnels, and we you know have things like trip wires. And I think I really think the language um, needs to be changed essentially because. I think it's like you were saying, if we if we look at it in terms of building those relationships, making those initial connections with people, deepening that that trust, that's a much nicer way to approach the beginning of a relationship with with someone that has joined your your community. Whereas when we think about things like, you know, tripwires or funnels, it's all about molding people and shaping and squeezing them into a form that we want them to be shifted into so we talk about that that sales funnel it's all about sort of you know squeezing them into a funnel and pushing 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 them down so they sort of come out at the end and buy our thing um or so that they're tripped up and then they buy our thing you know (laughs) and it's yeah and when we think about it like that just the shift in language that you used around really looking at it at that different perspective I think really just changes the focus on actually what we're what we're trying to achieve particularly in those initial stages around nurturing people and building those relationships so I really love that yes most definitely and and when we flip our perspective from that pushing to one of ease and flow mm. it really it just really makes such a difference Haley. it really does I've, I've seen the difference in people yeah. and how they approach their sales funnels when once they've given that permission that they don't have to do all of those things that they don't want to and they can actually include all the things that they really do want to and that mm. it feels good for them it just changes so much yeah and to pick up on your earlier point around the energy um and i think it, it as the business owner it really does change your your energy it's it's not that push push pushing all the time it's more that drawing people to you isn't it that it's that connection piece and it's filling your soul with that that right kind of energy that you want to emanate as that that business owner and i think even just yeah from the sales funnel perspective it really changes your whole mindset piece around how you're drawing people into your your business in those initial stages most definitely so what would be the the so you give yourself permission um, yes. so what would you say would be the the next step people really need to be thinking about when they're sort of building their their sales process their sales funnel Mm-hmm. So then the first step is, or the next step is actually creating that lead magnet. So what is that thing that's going to, that piece of content that's going to draw in your ideal client? Um, I think that a lot of people approach the lead magnet from a very bro marketing uh, perspective, and that is to be really quite broad with your lead magnet. So it attracts hashtag all the people mm-hmm. <laughs> rather than trying to, you know, attract the right people. So um I really think that having an aligned email list is better than having a big email list. So let's forget about these really broad or, you know, um, not not really niched lead magnet and create something that's really quite specific for your ideal client and not to be afraid of that. I mean, you always say this, Hayley, to go deeper with your message and not broader. I, I think the same yeah. thing with the lead magnet as well. You know, go deeper rather than trying to attract all the people, just attract the right people um, to your email list. And then I think that, and we were kind of, you kind of touched on this already, Hayley, but 
creating a lead magnet that attracts people that are not necessarily ready for your thing um, and working on them in terms of pain points that they have. So, you know, it's all about the hustle, the salesy approach, trying to push something on someone by poking that pain point and until they really become so despondent that they feel like Mm. they have to work with you to solve their problem. I don't know about you and I don't know about your listeners, but that's not someone who I really want to work with who's coming to me from a place of desperation. Mm. I want someone to work with me because they love me and they really want to work with me to to solve their problem. Um, I want to work with someone who's, you know, happier and who's excited about the possibilities and um, that I can create working with them rather than someone who feels really upset and despondent. It's kind of like a really different vibe working with those two different people. And I know that I would much prefer to work with someone who comes to me from that space of joy and space of, you know, excitement because they're willing to see what the possibilities are. So with that lead magnet, it's all about attracting the right people and attracting them in the right way that feels good for you as well. Yeah, completely right. I think just getting really, really clear on exactly what you're trying to achieve with that, that lead magnet and, and, you know, who you're trying to attract onto your list. Because I think, yeah, you can, you can have a big list, but all it really does is kind of boost your ego. And unless it's, unless it's, uh, unless that big list is, is full of all your ideal clients, that that's amazing. But, you know, let's really focus on, making sure we are highly targeting the ideal client that we're really wanting to work with, with a really focused lead magnet. I really love that piece of advice. Absolutely. And so what do people, what do people do next then? So they, they come up with their focused lead magnet idea, then what are those next steps to start getting things moving? Yeah. So it's all about being, coming back to simplicity, Hayley, um, making it really easy for you to put the pieces together. So the next step is basically the automated emails that come after that. And I really, I too often, I see women really starting on creating that lead magnet and fighting their way through creating it. And then they forget what actually comes after it as well. So it's all about mapping um, what comes next. And then it's a process of knowing what you're actually going to say. So I real my little tip here for everyone who's listening is when you are mapping your sales funnel, um, soulful sales funnel, and you are thinking about what to talk about or what comes next in your email automations, then my top tip is to actually put all of your emails just in one document, write them out in one document so you can actually see them and read them um, as if someone's going to receive them. So make sure that you have that flow happening and make sure that it really does guide them through that client journey with you. It kind of takes them step by step through it. So that's probably like the next two steps, mapping the funnel and just knowing what you're going to say, really focusing on the fact that this is about nurturing people more than it is selling. Yes, I'm not, I'm not saying not, don't sell for 100%. We need to make the offer. We need to let our ideal client know um, what solutions we have for them to solve their problems. But 
just thinking about the the nurturing side of things, I think it just really brings that different energy um, mm-hmm. for both you and your ideal client as well. So definitely, you know, make sure you're still putting those call to actions in there and offering um, what you have as a solution for your ideal client. But just think of it from a different perspective. You're not standing at the top of the stage kind of with a megaphone yelling at people. <laughs> you're down with them in the audience, holding their hand, guiding them through and just really making um, sure that you're getting to know them and that they they are getting to know you as well. Mm, Absolutely. And what are some of the things that you would typically encourage or recommend people to include within that, that kind of nurture, nurture sequence? Mm, Yeah, so there's lots of different things that you can talk about, obviously, and it can get really overwhelming and confusing. But there are some really um, obvious staples that I really encourage people to include, no matter how many automated emails you decide to you decide to use in your sales funnel, you may decide to use two, you may decide to use 10, whatever feels right for you. There is no optimal number at all. It's just how how long it actually takes you to um, explain the things that you um, can provide for them and your um, transformations of working with them. But there's definitely some things that I would recommend that you include. And one of them is um, a case study or a testimonial. So not only are we telling our ideal clients or our subscribers exactly how we can help them with what what it is that we can provide, but they're hearing it from someone else. They are hearing how this person felt before working with you and how they now feel working um, after working with you. Sorry. So having those words from someone else can really, really help um, someone visualize better what their life could be like after working with you. So I would definitely recommend including that. Something else that a lot of people probably don't think about doing, and that is using existing content that you already have. If we're trying to um, broaden that web of connections that we have with our ideal client, we really do want them to be listening to our podcast or reading our blog or watching our videos or following us on socials. So it's those little mini call to action call to actions that you can include that um, send people off to uh, consuming that content as well and start following you on different platforms as well so that's something else that a lot of people don't think about you're right a lot of people um, around the existing content that they have quite often forget that that is all really great content that we can connect people who are maybe new to our sphere we can connect them to and it's and it's also that piece around making the most of what we already have and also making things easier for ourselves as well by by thinking okay what 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 blog posts, what podcast episodes have I got if I've got my own podcast or if I've been a guest on on other podcasts? What pieces of content do I have that are really poignant to um, people at this kind of early stage of entering my world or for whatever it is that's mm-hmm. going on there in their life? What What is it that I can point them to so that you know, they can really start to build a sense of the way that I work, who I am, how I connect with people and that sort of thing. So I think that that's a really important point that you raised there around using that existing content that we already do have. 
Yeah. So it's about using those staple pieces of content that really showcase your values and beliefs and how you are different to how other people mm-hmm. in your industry might approach the same, um, solving the same problem. Um, and yeah, just really helping them educate in terms of what you do and how you do it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think people can feel quite overwhelmed with kind of nurture sequences in a way. So you were talking about earlier, people create the lead magnet and and that's a big enough mission in its own right at times. And I certainly know this. I have recently birthed a new new, um, opt-in and and I got caught up in my own mind junk about it. And I, you know, I'm happy to talk about that because it's part of that business journey. We all go through those sorts of things. And so you create your opt-in, you create your landing page for it. Um, and then a lot of people forget that actually after that, there is another, another piece that is fantastic to make sure that you connect up to that, to that opt-in, to that resource that you've created. And I think one thing that I encourage my clients sometimes to think about is if they're feeling really overwhelmed with creating that that nurture sequence is just take it one email at a time so obviously you've got the email that's delivering it and then maybe set yourself a goal of writing one email to add to that um, automated sequence once a week I mean if you can do it faster than that then then absolutely but if it feels really big and overwhelming and you're not sure exactly what to write then actually you know break it up map it out like you sort of said and then just commit to kind of doing one one a week and then if you've got six emails or four emails in say four weeks time you're already four emails into that that sequence so it's I think that that's just one way of getting through the the overwhelm have you got any other sort of tips for beating that overwhelm no that was going to be my tip Hayley you stole it from me it's okay because Because once again, it's about simplicity, isn't it? And I think Mm -hmm. that a lot of people don't realize that with sales funnels that you can do that. You can actually spread it out. They think that, oh my goodness, it needs to be seven emails. It has to be seven emails. I need to write all of these seven emails and put all the tech together for these seven emails before I can start advertising my lead magnet. And that's so totally not true. Your soulful sales funnel can be simply one or two emails. And then, like you said, you can build on that, but just really keep it come up, keep coming back to that. Keep it simple. How can I make this easy? How can I make this fun as well? And just do it slowly. Mm. Yeah. And the other thing, like drawing on that, that content, you know, using content that you've already used before is also maybe if you've been sending emails regularly to your email community, then looking back through some of those emails that you've already written previously to see what parts you could maybe draw from that could be used within your your nurture sequence rather than those just being emails that are sitting there within your you know, your email database, you can actually draw on that, that content too. That's another, another thing you can do. (laughs) Reimagination of content is one of my most 
favorite things to talk about. And yes, you could use your past emails. And in the same token, why not use the transcript from a previous podcast and Mm. pull something out? Why not go to one of your most popular blogs and look at, you know, what are the five things that you've written in that blog and use that as your basis for your five automated emails? So yes, there's so many different ways that we can use what we've already got and create something amazing from it too. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched a little bit just then on um, the the sort of tech required. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, that, that whole tech setup um, and that side of it? Yeah. So, you know, without absolutely bamboozling people <laughs> with yep. all the tech fit side of things, what I really want to say with this is, you know, it is a challenging part of the sales funnel and it's challenging for a lot of people. There's lots of different little bits and pieces, you know, the landing page, the thank you page, there's tags, there's triggers, email automations, <laughs> there's all of these yep. moving parts. And sometimes people take that big deep breath and go, oh my goodness, where do I start with this? How can I possibly even do it? Just remember, let's keep bringing it back to being simple. But if it's not your thing, if tech is not your thing, then I really encourage you not to fight it. Just outsource it. There are so many people out there who do know this, who do know how to put the bits and pieces together. And you're Mm -hmm. going to be far less stressed out about the whole ordeal. And it's going to take less time and you'll be able to get your lead magnet out into the world quicker. So I really encourage people to. Um, think about outsourcing it if they can't do it themselves. So that's kind of like the tech side of things. But then the last step, and this is something that most people forget about, and that (laughs) is promotion, promoting it. So you really need to make sure that you tell the world about it and not be the world's best kept secret because sometimes I think that we can go, okay, oh, my goodness, I've just put all these bits and pieces together. Okay, great, that's done. And forget that people don't necessarily always find it via search engine optimization methods. We really do need to put a little bit of effort behind it. So some of the places that you can put it include on your website. So there's so many different places on your website as well. Um, On my website, I have it in the top bar. I have it in my footer. I have it on my blog page down the side and also my podcast page down the side. So they're all little touch points No matter where someone lands on my website, they will, you know, actually see it. Um, Think about putting it inside of your core content. So your blogs, your podcasts, or your videos, how can you, you know, weave your lead magnet into that? Um, Mm -hmm. You can do it in Facebook. So, you know, obviously post it on your page if you've got a Facebook page, in your group if you've got a group. Other people's groups, there are so many Facebook pages that have, you know, freebie type days. So, you know, use it in that. Use it as a base for a Facebook Live. Instagram, you can use all the features on Instagram, stories, reels, posts, whatever. Mm. Collaborate with people as well. Um, This is something that a lot of people don't think of, but, you know, get together with a bunch of people who have a similar audience to you and, you know, put together a little mini event of some description and all promote your lead magnets as part of that. And then obviously guesting opportunities as well. So your lead magnet really becomes this great value add that you can Mm. put into your pictures, um, whether it's for a podcast or a video series or someone else's blog as well. It really... um, elevates your pitch as well as providing um, value to the person that is hosting you as well. So lots of different ways to promote your lead magnet. So don't forget to do it. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's such such good advice because I think yeah, people go through that that you know that work that there's a lot of work putting Aries. together their their yes. opt-in and getting their email set up and then might get it out there sort of once or twice but don't regularly um, promote it mm-hmm. and I think uh, that probably comes a lot down to that you know not wanting to be seen as maybe salesy or you know pushy do you do you agree with that what do you think the main thing is in terms of people sort of not promoting their opt-ins enough Uh, mindset a (laughs) hundred percent I would say that they've put all of this work into something and then they start questioning themselves is Mm. it good enough are my emails good enough that come off the back of it should I really be directing people to my website my website doesn't look so great it's all of those inner mean girl thoughts but I just think you you're here you're on this business journey to serve with love and with um, an open heart. So why not attract those beautiful people that you want to work with into your life? And the way that you're going to do that is through your lead magnet. So don't be shy. Don't be shy with your lead magnet at all. Yeah. So many yeses to all of that. That was so good. (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all that that wisdom about um, your soulful sales funnel method. Mm -hmm. And so there are always three questions that I like to ask at the end of interviews. The first question I like to ask is, what does being fierce in business mean to you? Oh my goodness, Hayley, I really like this question because as soon as I read the question, I was like, fierce, ooh, I don't think that I'm fierce because my version of fierce or my my immediate thoughts went to, um, you know, being ruthless and being aggressive. And I was like, oh, that's, that's not me at all. But obviously when I then Googled the definition of fierce, there was one particular definition that I really, really love and it just really stood out for me. And that's about being fashionable or attractive in a bold or striking way. And I thought, oh my goodness, yes, that is what being fierce is all about. It's about being yourself. um, And it's really about bringing that to everything that you do, whether it's your content, your business as a whole, it's bringing that um, uniqueness in a way that helps you stand out from the crowd. So when you're being yourself, then, you know, your content flows, it becomes more powerful. And that's because it comes from your heart and not from your head. So I really think being fierce in business for me is about having the confidence to be myself. And it's taken me such a long time to get to this place. I really do believe that when you are trying when you are being yourself, not trying to be someone who you think you should be, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> then, oh my goodness, everything just takes this amazing U-turn. And when you feel confident enough to do business your way as well, to implement a soulful sales funnel instead of the traditional sales funnel, then that's what I think uh, FIS is being all about in business. Yeah, no, I I love, love, love that. It's just, yeah, that really resonates with me. So thank you for, for sharing that. And I love that you, you know, really took the time to look up <laughs> what it meant, like, and, and you know, in terms of the definition and, and apply it to your, your way of thinking. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. And, and what is the impact that you are trying to make with your business? And this question made me think as well, Haley. It really made me think because I have a really clear vision about how I want 
my business to feel. And I have a really strong connection with that. But it made me question, well, what is the actual impact? What is the outcome that I want to bring to the people who I serve? And for me, I think that it really just comes back to my values and beliefs and how I want to bring them to the world. Because I really believe that uh, content in particular, as well as your business, really needs to be based solely within your values and beliefs. Because when that happens, once again, you can be your true self and you can actually um, do business your way. So I think that if I had to kind of sum up my impact in um, a sentence, I'd say that it's to increase the collective confidence of women by empowering them and encouraging them to use their content powerfully. Because, Hayley, I just see so many amazing, intelligent women in business who are stuck in the all the shoulds, I should be doing these things, or they're looking for a magic formula, or you know, they're the world's best kept secret. And I don't want that for people. I don't want that for all of the beautiful women out there. I just want them to have that courage to step out from the shadows and use your content in a really strategic and purposeful way that gets you noticed and remembered. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think we need to create some kind of revolution because I completely agree with that. Yeah. (laughs) I love, love, love that. Um, And so what's one piece of advice that you've been given along your business journey that has really had an impact on you? Okay. Yep. I'm actually going to be a bit cheeky, Hayley, and share a tool um, because for me in business and I know a lot of people will resonate with this as well. Mindset has been the biggest hurdle for me. So usually for me, this manifests um, during a launch phase. So I start getting those in a mean girl thoughts of no one is listening, Mel. No one's buying from you. Why are you bothering turning up? Why are you sending these emails? Just give up now. Save your energy. Go into the next one with, um, you know, a greater mindset. But Everyone kind of deals with these gremlins in their own way, but I've Mm. found that for me, hypnosis has been an absolute game changer. I know. Because if you had have told me a year ago that I'd be using hypnosis, I would have probably laughed at you, Hayley, because my vision of hypnosis is, you know, one of those showmen up on stage that turns people into clucking chickens. And I was was like, (laughs) no way would I ever try something like that. In business, but I've found someone who um, is just simply amazing. So I now use hypnosis recordings on an absolutely regular basis and particularly when I'm going through a launch. So it really helps me connect back to the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing and um, it gives me assistance in visualizing what it's going to be like when I reach my goals as well. So I do use it for other areas of my life as well, but I really use it in launch. So mm. if anyone's out there struggling with mindset, I mean, there's so many tools that you can use. There's different coaches, you know, journaling, whatever it is, give hypnosis and visualization a go because it's really made a huge, huge difference on the way that I show up in business. Wow. That's fascinating. How mm. did you sort of come across, um, hypnosis as you know a potential solution to to sort of what you were going through from a mindset perspective um for me it was an attraction to the person right so she has an amazing energy she has um she's a highly intelligent woman and I just loved her scientific 
um, methodology when it comes mm-hmm. to this kind of things. I'm a very um, list-driven, research-driven, um, organized person, so that particularly appealed to me. So for me, it was an attraction to the person first and then listening to the tools that she uses to help with um, mindset, particularly for women in business as well. Wow, that's fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's wonderful. And so I know you've got an exciting challenge coming up as well. So I would love, love, love for you to tell us a little bit about that challenge. Oh, thank you so much, Haley. You're such a beautiful person. So yes, I have my five-day challenge coming up on the 17th of October. That's 2022. And it is um, all about soulful sales funnels. So we will be learning about how to bring more of ourselves to soulful sales funnels and create and build our own soulful sales funnel that feels right for us. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Okay. And I will make sure that I include all the the links to that as well in the show notes. But if people want to come and stalk you and and hang out with you, um, which I highly encourage them to do, but not in a creepy way, um, (laughs) then, (laughs) then where can they find you? Where are all the best places to come and find you? My favorite places to hang out on socials are Instagram and Facebook, and my handle is at Mel Business. Um, I also do have a beautiful Facebook group as well um, that's called The Content Project, and um, I would love for anyone to come and join the community. It's such a beautiful, safe space full of amazing women doing amazing things. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your your time today. Thank you so much for having me, Hayley. I truly appreciate you. Well, wasn't that a fab episode? So many insights into building a more soulful, aligned sales funnel for your business. And I'd love to know what your key takeaways are from this episode. Simply send me a DM on Instagram. Don't be shy. Please, you know, contact me. I'd love to have a chat with you. You can find me at the Haley Maxwell. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to share it via your Instagram stories and tag me into it so that others can benefit from it too. Now, Before I go, I also want to quickly remind you about my brand new freebie, Become Wildly Unforgettable, which has got eight ideas to help you rise up out of the noise and claim your space as the memorable, recognized expert that you want to be. You can grab it at www.hayleymaxwell.com forward slash wildly hyphen unforgettable. Well, my friend, that's it for today's episode. If you want easy access to my episodes when they drop, please follow or subscribe to this podcast in your favourite podcast player. And until next time, go forth and be fierce.